Okay, so we left off last week with starting Os Yud Aleph. Um, where we're talking about what's happening with the Neshama in the meantime, in the, in the interlude while the body is in the ground, that the body needs to go through a process of refinement, um, which was described as being um, basically recycling. Um, so the Neshama is going to go to what's called the Olam Neshamas, um, we were discussing last time why you need for a mokom for the neshamas to go to. So, we pointed out last time the shama is not a physical object, it doesn't need space to contain it. Rather, it means uh, a yachas, a relationship. What is the neshama you know, connecting to? What is the neshama um, relating to? Everything has chazal. The Mishnah Perkyavah says, Ein lecha read the lotion. There's, there's no person that doesn't have a time. It means every person is in this world for a reason. There's a certain time that he's supposed to step up and do something significant in the world. And there's no item that doesn't have a place. Everything belongs somewhere. Everything relates to something and, to, and, and has, has a proper, it belongs somewhere. So the neshama also has to belong somewhere. Where is the neshama going to belong? So the neshama belongs in this, that's what this mokum is. This mokum is an ability to relate. An ability to relate to Hashem, to its environment, to what, what is it doing now. Okay, and, and uh, like we said last time that it's a place of uh, tremendous spiritual closeness to Hashem, not as much as will be Lasid Lavo, um, but nonetheless still very great, and still divided according to the different Madregos, just the uh, person was a bigger tzaddik, he's going to be higher up, person was less of a tzaddik, he's going to be less close to Hashem in that place. So the, the thing that, that I wanted to discuss with you is what's happening with the body in the meantime. So in Oth Yudalaf over here, we're talking about what happens to the body while it is um, in the grave, while it is waiting to be made anew. So the I think we, we foreshadow, foreshadowed to this concept of it's basically like a process of recycling where the physicality is going to be stripped of all form, of all composition, that, that the different aspects of the physicality are um, exist in, in, in a state of connectedness, and uh, means to say, uh, the Rambam writes in, in Yisodea Torah, that everything in, in, in this world is comprised of Arba Yisodos, four elements, um, earth, water, air and fire um, and uh, obviously those elements themselves the maral speaks out are completely non not not things that we know directly from you know experientially from this world because things in this world are 
each one of the things that we would call earth or water, air or fire also is comprised of all four of those things. Um, for example, do, by the way, do we have any, um, we have any, oh, oh, we have John Ehrlich over there. John, uh, the actor, can we, can we get John to speak up? Um, in, in air, do we have, do we have some sort of an element of fire in the, in what we know to be air? John, you with me? So heat, so heat, right, John? Is, is, is there heat in the air? Is there? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Is there heat in the air? Do we have heat in the air? Yeah. Assuming we're not at zero Kelvin, right? There, there's there's heat in the air, right? Okay. Um, is there is there is there vapors? Is there moisture? Is there gases in the air? Helium, yeah. oxygen, carbon, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, right? All those things. So, right. Lots. So, 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 so there's moisture that's suspended in the air, right? So besides the gases, so there's moisture that's suspended in air, humidity, right? So we have in the air, we have warmth, heat, which means uh, electrons flying around, right? Energy in the air that makes it warm. We have humidity in the air. Right, all air has some level of humidity, right? So it has water in it, right? And like we said, gases are really nothing but what, but but um, solids that have, that that are currently in a gaseous state, right? So so there's even solids up in the air. Water, for sure, water has sediments in it. Water has dissolved gases in it, such as oxygen, etc. Water has also heat in it, etc., etc. So, so basically, we don't really know anything that is pure elements. Everything is a composite of everything. So, the the body has to be broken down from both of the, all of its composition, um, like the like the pasuk says that the Ramchal quotes over here: "Ki afar ata vela afar tashuv, you are earth, um, and you'll return to back to the earth," which means Man is fundamentally made up of the man, meaning the body, not the soul, of course. But the body is in its most fundamental state, actually, even though people like to quote the, uh, the, the, oh, the body 70% water, that's a very nice statement, right? But at the end of the day, we all understand that we are, we are basically the body is solid, it's basically physical, it's not, it's not like water. I mean, the water is just, um, one, one can potentially be dehydrated and lose a lot of that water, right? Now, it may not be good for, for a person, but that's, by the way, how the, the Gon in Adair Seliao explains that how do you figure out what the essential nature of something is. She says, well, see which of those aspects you can be stripped away, and whatever can be stripped away, that's not the essential nature. Whatever cannot be stripped away, then that's what the thing is fundamentally. So, the fundamental bria of the goof of the of the body of the person is is the is the offer is the is the um, is the lowest el- uh, of the four elements of the of offer. So that so it's going to need to be stripped of all those 
um, combinations and forms and functions. And if you imagine you, if you have to break down the biological level, the organ systems have to be broken down, and then the on the molecular level, and then on the atomic level, down to the you know, below even what we what we know. Because everything that we know is constantly decaying and constantly in a, in a state of, of breaking down. The closest that I can, again, we're trying to talk about what's going to be with the chiasamacium, that the body is going to be made in some other fundamentally different way than it is today. Of course, we can't know exactly what that would be. But there is a very interesting idea that the scientists have been proposing lately, which gives us a nice insight, which is that every, that, that, you know, in the state that the world is today, um, there's um, particles and there's antiparticles, right? The, 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 there's existence and there's anti-existence. And when the two of them collide, then they cancel each other out, right? So all of that shows how transient of a state of existence everything is in. And that's, of course, being that our entire existence is ba- built on such a on such a wobbly physical scaffold. So that's why man is always in a state of dying, in a, in a slow state of death. Uh, some some people ask, well, if Hashem told Adam that if you eat from this fruit you will die, so but how can we see that he didn't die? Answer is he 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 began to die immediately. Yeah, something is dying. If I have a plant that I cut off from the roots, and I now have a flower, it's standing in a vase. So it could stand there for two weeks, but but it's but it's already considered dead. So to a certain extent, man man is in that state as well. Okay, so while the body is going through this decomposition process of being stripped of all of the non-essential aspects of the body, it means all the form, all the function, all the composition. Only then that to, for that rock-bottom physicality to be reconstituted into a new body. And again, I don't even know if we truly know what the rock-bottom of the physicality is. Uh, is it, is it uh, protons, neutrons, and electrons? Uh, is it something more fundamental than that? Um, but whatever it may be, while that's happening, so the neshama is going to be... Um, is going to be in the Olam and Neshama. Now notice what he says over here, very interesting about the Neshama. He says, Ach, ha-neshama ha-zocha b'maseha. However, the meritorious soul is going to be in the Olam and Neshamas. Now you're going to ask, how come we're talking about the meritorious soul? What happened to the non-meritorious soul? So the answer is that that's going to be discussed extensively in the second Chalik of Der Hashem, where he's going to talk about the whole process of, of cleansing and and. Uh, Yisurim and, and uh, Gehenim and all the other tremendous kindnesses that Hashem did for us to help us all um, make it into, you know, Olam Abba. But here we're describing a process that everyone has to go through. It means irrespective, I mean, even the biggest tzaddik or whatever has to go through this process. Whereas... Um, those discussions are going to be those that sinned, here's what's going to need to happen. Those that those that erred in a particular way, here's what's going to need to happen. But here we're talking about what, what hap- has to happen to everyone. Okay? So, so fine, so the Neshama is going to be in this, in this wonderful state of closeness to Hashem. Now, interesting point that he makes at the end of Os Yud Aleph is that as wonderful as the Olam and the Shamas is, it's not 
the best. The best thing is Olam Haba, where the Neshama is rejoined with the Guf, um, and uh, and person becomes one again, those two parts come back together, becomes one, and that is the state of the true closeness to Hashem. The obvious question is, and the truth is that that the question was posed by none other than the than the Rambam himself. The Rambam felt this to be to be a problem, right? Can anybody think of why the Rambam would be bothered that the body and the, that the soul together with the body would reach the highest level of Dvei than that of the soul by itself in the world, in, in, in the soul world. Even if your body has to take a back seat, it's still there, right? Oh, good, great. Okay, did the, 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 the guys on Zoom hear, hear Josh's answer? Can I get some nods? No, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the answer. Okay, so, so that, that was, okay, so I have to, I have to remind myself to use, to use uh, surnames. We have, we have, uh, we have uh, multiple Johns. We have multiple Joshes. Okay, so uh, J- Josh Levin uh, said uh, said what I was looking for, which is, that was Josh London asking for it to, to, for it to be spoken out. Um, that even though the body, let's say the body is like the best body you can imagine, it's so passive, it totally is just supporting the the soul as much as possible. But at the end of the day, it's still it's still a lower madrega than, than the soul itself. So if you're talking about closeness to Hashem, seemingly you'd be you'd do much better, you'd be much better off, you could fly much higher just in the Shama itself rather than in the Shama in combination with the goof, no matter how perfected the goof is. Does that make sense? Josh London? Yeah, yeah, I heard you. Okay, good. Okay, so, um, so 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 I'll read to you uh, unbelievable line from the Dastvunus. This is the Ramchal's, um, to a certain extent, uh, this is where he really speaks out a lot of the concepts in the Der Hashem. He'll tell us facts, so to speak, in the Dastvunus. He'll explain them much more. So he says like this: Hine zehzichuch hu iker hapeula. The primary purpose why the neshama is in this world is to purify the body. That's what it's here for. And behold, this is the entire result, this is the entire benefit and positive outcome of its um, righteousness. I mean, if a person is righteous, the good thing that will come out of that is the zichu haguf, is the... Is the, is the um, Refinement of the body, and the and the subsequent honor that that brings to Hashem. Which which is which is revealed through the perfection of His created ones, because Hashem created everything for His honor. And this is everything that comes, this is the summation of everything, the good that comes out from our actions. Okay? What is it? So it means all of our actions, you sum it all up, what's the good about it? Is it purifies the body. Why? Because that brings honor to Hashem's name. How so? Because He's the Creator. So just to speak it out, it means to have something very lofty, let's say like an angel, 
um, completely connected and doing the will of the Creator, that's not such a tremendous revelation that there's nothing but Hashem. The greatest honor that could be given to Hashem is that something which is very far from Him, such as the physical body itself, the physical world itself, and even that is is refined and trans uh, transformed, transformed to being close to Hashem, to being a, a servant of Hashem. That that that's that's a, a much higher level of uh, of revelation of how there is nothing but the will of Hashem. That the will of Hashem permeates down to even that which seems to be hidden from Hashem, like we spoke about before, that the neshama is called is called zacha, zach from a language of of uh, transparent, translucent. It, it it directly shows you the existence of its creator. But by, if you could see the neshama, it would it would scream out, uh, "I am I am a product of the hand of Hashem." Anyway, but 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 the body, um, which is physical. Seems to, on the contrary, no. Uh, what, do you mean? what do you mean? I'm, I'm physical. I'm, I don't come from spirituality, right? It, it is called achor. It's called. It's called. Uh, it's opaque. It's it's uh, it's obscure. So it, even there, even that um, carries out the will of Hashem. That's the greatest kiddush Hashem. And now here's the point that we want to say: is the closeness to Hashem, the true closeness to Hashem, is the the more we can bring honor to His name, the more we can reveal the greatness of Hashem in our lives, that itself is the dveikus that we're going to have lost in love. That's what we spoke about before. That, that, that Hashem gave us a mokom bo, a place to cling to Him. What's that place? It's to, to reveal His will in the world. So that, then, is the answer to the, to the Rambam's dilemma. Why should the, the Shama in combination with the goof, be able to come closer to Hashem than just Neshama by itself? Answer is because Neshama with the goof, it's the goof is is the is the living example of of the honor of Hashem. The the, the, the uplifted body is in fact like the, the place where that revelation is is visible, is seen. This is this is uh, this is itself the honor of Hashem, and therefore is a revelation of Hashem. Um, that's 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 the biggest um, vehicle. That's, to a certain extent, the the ruach chaim, chaim velozhner, in his pirush on on uh, says that that's what it means. Schar mitzvah mitzvah. The reward for mitzvah is the mitzvah. It means the closest, the the closest of all of Abba is in the mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs specifically as carried out by the neshama and the guf in conjunction. That's. And that's a, that's a tremendous that's a tremendous revolution. Wow! That the, even the physical is completely conforming to to, to Hashem's will. That's a, the greatest revelation of godliness. Um, yeah, I mean, why our situation in Gullis has to get to like such a point, like a like a, a bad state, the same type of yes, yes. Just to repeat the. A question back to back to everybody. So Josh Levin asked, so could that be why Hashem, so to speak, allows evil to get such a tremendous reign in the world, get so much power, right? Imagine, you know, Hitler in 1940, 
and the world saying like, "Wow, like where? What's going on? Right? How can this be? How can this be happening? Where? Wh- right?" <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, and the answer is, yeah, be, to show you that even as far bad as it'll go, even from there, Hashem will bring it back. The best analogy I have for it is a, if, if anybody here played yo-yo as a as a young adult or as a child. So yo-yo, the whole fun of yo-yo is you take this little ball, right? Does anybody know? Yosef, did you play yo-yo? No, yo-yo was, he was not a yo-yo man. But what's the whole fun of yo-yo? Is you take this thing, right? And you, and you throw it down. Like you take this little thing and you throw it at the floor, right? And it looks like it's just, that's it, it's flying, it's going to smash into the floor, right? But there's this tiny little string that most people can't even see it because all the lights on the yo-yo, you know, now they're fancy, they have, they have lights on things, right? So you can't even see this little string, then you just pull on it a little bit with your finger, and, and oh, it comes right back to your hand, right? I do what? I do that, that was the part, okay, so yeah, you were really terrible at it because that's, that's something that most people can do. Right? That's not so, so difficult to go straight down. What's difficult is when you throw it behind your back, Right or like over your shoulder this way or like under your leg, and then to be able to bring it back, then then that means your Josh is uh, he he clearly was a very proficient at the yo-yo game, right? So so the, what, what's so cool is like when it's going under your leg, everyone's thinking that's it, it's out of control. There's no way he's bringing this thing back, and then you just you know the flick of of the wrist, you make it come right back, and then the audience break out you know, breaks out in like applause and. Uh, Everybody starts cheering your name, right? So that's that's what that's to a certain extent. That's what the Ramchal explains in Das Funus, is Hashem does with the world is that He He allows for us to make our mistakes, and those mistakes cause a rebuy of Ra, more and more evil, more power to evil, and then that seems to get worse and worse. How so? How could Hashem possibly salvage such a situation? It's it's just unsalvageable. It could, that's it. That's it. It's gone, and then. With one flick of the wrist, Hashem brings the whole thing back, and that's a tremendous gilui of the covenant of Hashem. Yeah, very good. Okay, that was a little bit of a of a detour. So that is why the ultimate closeness to Hashem, the ultimate reward that we're going to have, is only lost at level when the soul is reunited with the body, because the, the purification of the body is what we're waiting for, because that's the ultimate kiddush Hashem. Okay, so now. Also, base. We've been. I, I asked you guys if you could to try to please read ahead, uh, to try to look over point twelve over here because it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, so the Ramchal says that in addition to the fact that um, due to the decree of Hashem that the soul cannot be purifying the body in this world, so rather we said to a certain extent it's accumulating you know credit every time we do a mitzvah it accumulates the credit. But there's no bepoil, there's no actual change that's taking place in the, in the body, which ought to have happened if not for the sin of Adam Arishan and the decree that followed. So he says there, there, there's, uh, besides the fact that now the soul is going to have to go to a soul world and wait for the body to decay, and everything, there, there happened another major difference as a result of this decree, which is that the entire time that the soul is in this world, it cannot be purifying the body. And so it's in a state of being a mumma v'kvusha ba'atzma. That's the language he uses. It is uh, 
the soul is not able to radiate and and uh, and um, express its spiritual nature while it's inside the body. It's chained up inside the body, but it can't radiate onto the body because the body is not capable of receiving that transformation. That's the decree of Hashem, that the body is not going to be transformed. Let's try to let's try to give an analogy because it's a difficult concept to understand. Um, if you have if you have a if you have a, a person who is a, who is tremendously tremendously kind person, um, he's a real giver. So if placed in the right situation. He'll be he'll be doing good things for people. He'll be giving. He'll be helping uh, you know, all the people that need the help. And as a result of that, his own um, powers of expression of that deep nature of being a giver and a, and a kind person will be actualized and expressed by uh, through the process of um, giving over and, and helping other people. What happens now if you if you actually put him into into a, into a world where where everyone he sees say get away from me I don't want uh, maybe what you give me is poisonous I, I don't want to well, what are you looking at me for anyway is none of your business how I'm doing right so so he inside he still remains a pure good kind person but number one he's not able to actually do anything good for other people. Number two, I mean, he can't actually help the other person. Number two, he can't do the action of helping. And number three, he doesn't even have those skills. He's not even um, refining or practicing those skills of expression of, of helping people. And so, to a certain extent, those, those attributes atrophy. Now, they never atrophy in the... In the inside of his heart, he's still that person. That that's who he is. But but uh, but but atrophy is when you don't use muscles, they they, they, they go weak. They they they're no longer um, they're no longer um, active. Um, that's that's what happens with the soul as well. The soul, although it itself is absolutely pure and absolutely. Um, spiritual, therefore, it can never get dragged down into anything that the body is doing. But on the other hand, it's it's inextricably tied with the body. It can't go anywhere else. It's inside the. It's contained by the body, and the body is something that is not currently interested in anything that it has to give it. As far as zichu, uh, the soul. Uh, animates the body, the soul guides the body, but as far as transforming the body, it can't do that. So this radiance, that the soul is meant to be this tremendously radiant power, that is held back. I want to explain, we spoke about before the the analogy we use of light. Radiance is obviously a form of giving light. Radiance is an expression of an inner power that one has. Whenever anything radiant, right... Um, I'm very happy that I have, I have Josh over here, uh, John, John Ehrlich, Dr. John Ehrlich, because um, 
you know, my, my medical years were many, many years ago, so it's, it's, good, it's always good to have someone checking my facts. But uh, so, so something that is, that is uh, radiant means that really there's a tremendous amount of energy inside the thing itself, whether it be a flame, you have a flame, and then it radiates light, which is an expression of the heat that it itself has. John, f- please feel free to jump in if I say anything wrong. Um, or, um, you know, the sun, right? The sun, uh, similar, similar concept. It's this tremendous nuclear explosion, everything. And then from that comes out light. Uh, heat radiates from a very hot source, and it is an expression of that. So radiance is always an expression of, a, of, of an internal greatness. So the internal greatness of the soul is never impacted. But its expression of that greatness to the body, that is obfuscated. That, that, that's hidden. And so the soul suffers itself, uh, not due to, to its lack, from, it, from its own self, it hasn't changed. It's still, it's still an entirely spiritual soul and uh, completely pure. But, but it, its inability to impact the body therefore means that the soul is going to be lacking in two ways that are three. Two ways that are three means two ways, the second one of it divides up into two. Number one is that it doesn't have that radiance that it ought to have. We can give an analogy of a person, that the person himself, uh, okay, we'll we'll, we'll have a little bit of fun. Who can tell me, why did Hashem give man legs? Why couldn't, why, why do we need to have legs? If I didn't have arms, I wouldn't be able to do things. Why do I need to have legs? Sorry? To run. Okay, run, walk, but why do I need to run or walk? Okay, mitzvah, fine. But why, I, I, I do mitzvahs with my hands, right? So let let the so let the missus come to me. So legs are a power of what? Legs are a power of expression, right? Meaning the hands with the hands, the the basic person. None of you are feel find it strange that you can't see my legs. We're perfectly fine communicating. I'm 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 able to look at look at how much gesticulation I'm doing with my hands, right? But you haven't once looked at my toes. What I'm doing? You just, do you have any idea how much you could? How much, what I'm doing with my toes right now, you guys are all missing it, especially the guys on Zoom, right? The, the, the guys that come live, they get to see all the communication that's happening underneath the standard with my toes, right? You, you only get to see my hands. No, so that's not true, right? In a speech, I use my, my mouth, my hands, my body, right? But you don't need legs for that, right? You, legs is really just to take the show on the road, right? Whatever I'm doing over here, in order for me to do it over there, I need legs. So legs is not the real me. Legs is a, is a means to, to bring the real me over there. Okay? So the soul can be thought of while in this world as being... Um, what's it called when someone is missing both legs? Double amputee, thank you. Right? So the soul is like a double amputee, which means he himself is perfectly fine. He can learn, he can eat, he can do it. He just can't 
bring that out to someone else. That's this radiance. Radiance, the shining, it's like legs. It's, it's what brings me out to over there. Okay? So the soul, while it's in the body, is lacking in that radiance. It's, it's krusha batsma. It's, it's held in. Right? It's like you tie someone's legs behind them. He's still the same person, but he just can't get out. Okay? That's one thing that is the, 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 the soul is missing. The, the, and then the other thing that he speaks out is the actual ability. If you do use the legs to get over there, it's a nice thing. But then you actually, you actually have to do some, make a change over there. That change over there is the pu'ula of hatava, to do the good thing for the body, to actually positively impact the body and refine the body and transform the body and elevate the body. Now that pu'ula of hatava actually would have two positive consequences for the soul. Two ways in which it would make the soul greater than what it currently is. Number one, is that it would do the... This is, this is, this is lambdas, but if, if you don't understand this point, you're not going to be able to read the Derech Hashem. When you try to go back to read point 12 over here, if you don't understand what I'm saying now, you will not be able to follow the words in, in the text. Okay? That pa'ula that action that the soul was meant to do f- to the body divides into two parts. There is what I do towards you, the action that I'm doing of being made, of doing a good thing to you, and there is the positive, the result that comes out of it. I did a good, I, I accomplished a good result. Right? So the good result is the purification of the body. The good action is to is to impact and to transform the body. To, 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 that, that's the action that I'm doing. So now, he says that, that to do the action for which you were predestined to do, that which is fit for you. Right? Someone, is, someone is meant to do this. This is, this is my nature. This is, this is an expression of who I am. I'm a giver. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? I'm, I'm a kind person. I want to be doing good. I'm stuck in this prison where everybody is suspicious and nobody wants to accept my goodness, right? So, so I can't do the action which is appropriate for me, which is good for me, that's one. And then number two is I don't get to be like Hashem where I have helped someone else. Where That's the result. So we have... So, so number one is not radiant. And number two, it doesn't get to do the action of being native to the body, which itself divides up into two parts. Number one, mitzad, the native, the one that's doing the good, which is the soul. And number two, mitzad, the recipient of having done something good to someone else, you know, the, the, the result of it. Um, that's, that is what the soul is lacking. So now, it's important to understand the, these two, there are three, again. One is the lack of radiance. The second one is not a, a lack of ability to do a good deed, which itself divides up into two. Mitzad the Meitiv and Mitzad the Mekabal. It's going to be important to know that because now we're going to go through and say how the soul is going to reclaim those lost levels of greatness. Meaning, while it's in the body, it's lacking in these two that are three ways. And, and then as... Uh, not now we're going to need to kind of get that back. So how is that going to happen? So that's what he says, that in the Olam Anishamas, in the soul world the soul will reclaim the radiance. means when the soul will be up there, 
it'll kind of get its legs back, right? It'll get, it'll get that, it'll be able to open up its full strength and really regain all that energy and all that ability to, Im- yeah. to, to impact someone else. But now it's still not impacting anyone else. It's not actually doing a Misa of Zichu, a Misa of Hatava, because there's no body over there, right? So the body's still on the ground. But now the soul is charging up, the soul is revving up, the soul is getting excited. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's tapping back into its original source and getting that strength back to be able to impact. That's what happens in the soul world. And therefore now, he says, when it'll come back into the body, it'll be prepared to do the other thing, which is to be mezachek, the body, which will give it back its ability to which will be the the paula hana usala the the action which is naturally fitting for it and the positive result and by doing those two things it'll be even closer to Hashem number one because it did something good for someone else which Hashem the whole purpose of of the world was to be made of lizula so to do something good to someone else so that's literally being like Hashem um, and doing that for which it was designed for. So th- and through that, it's gonna, the soul will be um, will regain its perfection, and of course, it will certainly benefit tremendously. That's that's what's going to happen with Chiasamesim. Um, okay, Adkan will will uh, will stop here and uh, see if see if uh, see if we're going to have any any loose ends to wrap up in, in Yud Base, but basically ready to start Yud Gimel next week. Any questions? Yeah, so you're saying that's why there's death, basically, so then the Shema can go to the owner and to get, like, Not really. Oh, that's important. Not really. The real reason why there's death, that is what he's saying. The, the, the real reason is the first thing he said, because the body needs to be done on you. Yeah. But but what happens also in the meantime is that the soul gets recharged and is, is ready to come back in full power. Okay, great question.